coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. So I think I think what they need to do is they ought to address the border. Don't get me wrong. But the border is too complicated to solve and by the end of the year. And Ukraine needs the money. The election that's coming up in 2024 is America looking at ourselves in the mirror and deciding what do we want to do? What do we want to be when we grow up? There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, Bill? Not one. Come on, Bill, you got to have one, a token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. We just say thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, God. God, all the things that you're doing for my family personally and so many other individuals, God. God, as we continue to move toward this holiday season, God, let's remember the reason for the season. God, if you're not careful, if we're not careful, it looks like the world is in a disarray. Wars and rumors of wars. Americans, fellow Americans hating each other, don't even know each other. Name calling, swaps to serve, paintings on memorials, just the N-word being fled all around, just all kind of stuff going on right now. God, we ask for your grace and your mercy as we continue to trust you, God. And right now we're walking by faith, not by sight. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Lord, uh, we ask for your forgiveness. As human beings, we fail miserably. We start wars. We continue wars. We hate each other. We call each other names. We don't get along. And we need to be looking toward you during this season, remembering that you brought peace and harmony and love to the world. Lord, just let us reflect that in our daily lives as we go about our business. And we lift up our enemies and pray for them. Amen. Let's switch into the Ukraine-Israel help package because the president of Ukraine came down and asked for support. Of course, Israel's asked for support and a lot of which is in the House of Representatives being tied into a support for the southern border. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on that, sir? Well, it's interesting that they're tying it to the southern border and, you know, our borders are a mess. I mean, I haven't been down there, but, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people and, you know, it's pretty porous. 
you know, what we need to be doing, there's there's people that want to come in because of, you know, I was talking to some guys that were from, I think, Nicaragua or Honduras, and he was with us when we went on our bourbon trip. He, mm-hmm. was, he was our driver. Okay. And a uh, great kid. And uh, so he, he wasn't I, drinking bourbon while he was driving. Was no, he? no. He was keeping us straight. He was doing okay. good. All right. And uh, he, he wasn't smoking a stogie while he was driving, was no, he? No, no. Okay. You know, he was keeping us honest. So the driver wasn't smoking a stogie or drinking a bourbon while he was driving. No, and he made our life real easy. And uh, thank you. And so he uh, asked him where he was from and he told me. And uh, I said, uh, well, how long you been here? How did you get there? And all that stuff. And He's one of the, uh, I forgot the name of it, the kids that uh, are have been here, but they, if they leave the country, they can't come back in. I, there's a term for it. And uh, he's one of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as he stays in the country, he's fine. So I said, well, why did you leave? And he goes, well, gangs. Mm-hmm. The gangs were terrible. And I said, uh, do you have family up here? He goes, yeah, I have my mom and dad. I had cousins, and that's why I came up. But we're getting my mom and dad, and we got our, my sister up here. So I talked to him a little bit about his family, and he said his sister is a beautiful young woman. A gang member decided that was his wife and and kidnapped her, just took, like that. Took her off the street. Yeah, they were. He just said they were walking down the street. He said they showed up with guns. It was a random thing. He just liked the way she looked, and he decided he was going to take her. And that's his wife. Yeah, and wow. she was for three years, and then they finally got her out. And that's crazy life. That's called seeking asylum because of that kind of stuff. Yes. Well, what we ought to do is right now those people pay money to come to Mexico to get across the border. They're paying money to the drug cartel people. So they're paying their life savings to come through to get the asylum. What we should be doing in Nicaragua or Honduras or wherever they're coming from in the country of origin, pre-qualifying. Hmm. That way they don't spend all their money. They don't have to deal with the drug, the danger, possible kidnapping, rape, and all the other stuff. In a country of origin, if they are truly have an asylum, then bring them into the country and control it. Instead, we're doing it the other way, and we're just letting everybody walk into the country and say, I want asylum. Mm. So based on the law, we got to put them up. That's why they're going to be at uh, a bunch of them are going to be over here at AHA, the uh, Jewish Center which was a Jewish uh, boarding school that has since closed, but is now going to be opened by the federal government for, I think they gave them $50 million, the organization that owned it. So uh, it wasn't a Jewish organization, it was a different organization. So the whole thing with tying it into the border is nothing more than blackmail. Mm. You know. So I think I think what they need to do is they ought to address the border, don't get me wrong, but the border is too complicated to solve and by the end of the year, and Ukraine needs the money. Well, it, and guess what? Putin's been sitting back there saying, I told you, I told you they'll get tired. Well, you know, is this the same border that we're going to build a wall, a big, beautiful wall, and who's going to pay for the wall? And the crowd said Mexico and everyone yelled and screamed like they were at the Ohio State University versus Michigan University's football game. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's the guy. So going to build a wall. So the wall hasn't been built. No. Nope. And Mexico, what happened to all the money Mexico paid to build the wall? I don't think we got any. OK. And that's the same guy who's running again mm-hmm. in between court dates. Yeah. OK. 
And is that the guy that the new Speaker of the House flew down to his house to kiss his ring? Is that the guy? I don't know if the new Speaker did. The old one did for sure. And our Lieutenant Governor just was down there getting his endorsement. Our lieutenant governor from the state of North Carolina. Yeah. When did he go down to Mar-a-Lago? He was down there this week. It was in. Uh, I saw it uh, publicized. So he went to Mar-a-Lago to get an endorsement to be the governor of the great state of North Carolina. That's correct. Did he get the uh, endorsement yet? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the endorsement mm-hmm. is public. Yep. So our lieutenant governor is feeling very good about getting an endorsement from a young man in Florida, who's running for president in the Republican primary. Correct. Okay, thank you. But back to Israel and Ukraine. Ukraine is fighting a battle, and they said, we're not asking for your blood. We're asking you to support us while we fight a common enemy, because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And for as long as I can remember, Russia has always been the biggest threat to America, or at least that's the narrative that I was always told. Was it different from what you were told? So if someone's fighting our enemy and they are losing their lives, fighting for their own homeland, and we're not over there, and now this war just drags out year after year, so Putin, Russia is starting to feel the effects of a war that's dragging out. Yep. Now, Israel and Hamas, that one's going on and on. And now President Biden and others are getting pressure from the world to tell Israel, hey, wait a minute, we have to do something different here. But the hostages, as I understand it, some of them been released, but some of them are still there. Yeah. And I think I heard something and please correct me, Bill. And if we don't know what we're talking about, let's not say it, that they come up with a strategy to deal with the tunnels by flooding the tunnels? Did you yeah. hear anything about yeah. that? Yeah, they're flooding them with seawater, which means it will rust everything that's down there. Probably a good idea. But, uh, you know, they can always pump the water out and still use the tunnels. But they're not going to flood all of them. There's the ones they know that there's an opportunity to flush out some militants, some Hamas. I can't imagine what it's like going down in that tunnel and trying to fight. I suspect there's all kinds of booby traps. Oh, definitely, all kinds of, definitely, definitely. You know, so, you, you know, even if you send a robot down, it may not be practical. You know, they're just living in the ground. And the seawater and all those type of things that it changes. So that's going to go on for a, a while. Now, did I tell you that gas prices were $2.69, yeah, Bill? Yeah, And the price good. of stuff were coming down. So this whole inflation thing, other than, not other than, because let's be fair, the interest rates are still high on mortgages. Well, I heard today that the Federal Reserve may be lowering interest rates in 2024. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Pippin. Wait a minute. What you say? Yeah. So in 2024, they may be lowering interest rates. So now the housing market will start to move again. Well, I think it's going to take a little while. But yeah, it could. The stock market went up uh, 1.4% today. Just on that news. Yep. And let's see here. Federal Reserve period of rate hikes may be over. Steady at the end of two days. They're holding it steady right now. And uh, if inflation continues at a low rate, they may go back and start lowering interest rates. But I can tell you, they're not going to lower them to, to what it was before, where it was zero or one. Well, listen, when I but, bought my house years ago, it was 8%, but that's been 99 years ago. So we understand that. Yeah. But, you know, I heard some other good news, too. 
you know, I've been railing and railing about the state of North Carolina redistricting so that more uh, Republican candidates will end up in Congress and it got passed and everything. So I'm still not happy with it, but I understand the rules of politics. This is chess, not checkers. And in chess, the pawn or pawns could very easily be disposed of for the greater good. I get that. Yep. You just don't want to be a pawn. Yep. Now, in New York State, I heard that the same rules that apply for North Carolina is going to apply for New York State. So now all of a sudden, New York gets to redistrict the whole state. And it's more representatives coming out of New York State than out of the state of North Carolina. So it's going to be interesting. So now the rumor is if New York redistricts use the same rules that North Carolina did, then the Democrats will win the House and Akeem Jeffries will be the Speaker of the House. Wow. Big D, baby. And we ain't talking about Dallas. We talk about them <laughs> Democrats. You know, we talk about those Democrats. And yeah. then on top of that, I heard Rudy, 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 Rudy Giuliani's in court talking about the two black females where they had suitcases full of bolts and they were doing all these things. And Rudy has doubled down on it. And Rudy just keeps being Rudy. What do you think the issue is, Bill? What's the issue? Because the whole thing about voter fraud, that these two young ladies and, you know, Rudy, it's been proven that what he was saying is not correct, but he won't let it go. Yeah, I know. He's found Trump's playbook. Trump's playbook is double down, double down, double down, double down, double down. And eventually you keep telling the same story. People will believe it or they become so desensitized it no longer shocks them and i mean look at some of the stuff that's gone on with this guy i mean he's been sued and lost right. a sexual abuse case and rape case and had to pay money he's got nine i don't know how many indictments against him a whole boatload of indictments now referring to trump or rudy trump and rudy's got some too rudy is interesting he's he was a great hero. He was America's time. mayor. He was yeah. America's mayor. Yeah. And he could have played that into anything he wanted. And he went down a slippery slope with Trump. And I think what happens is these guys get close to power and it's like a moth thrown to a flame. They get closer and closer and they finally get burnt. Wow. And I think Rudy has been there and wanted more power. You know, he could have had a very comfortable life just going on the speaker circuit. And talking about 9-11. Well, he, I thought he was heading up a consulting firm on security. And yep, to your point, yep, yep. on 9-11, he was, he was traveling around the world talking about the success because he was successful. I'm not trying to take that away from him. But I think he got caught up in it because mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. The fact that sometimes when we are in a good position, we get caught up in stuff. And as we turn toward close, talk about being caught up in something. Biden impeachment inquiries. What do you think that whole thing's about? So now all of a sudden with everything going on, the GOP House says we're going to start this impeachment on Biden. And no matter what, I don't care. We're going to do this. What's that all about? Well, here's how I see it. They're not doing their job. Their primary job is handling the budget and the finance and making sure all that's right. And they can't get past the budget. Wow. So you're going to pick up something, a political thing, and you're going to try and run with it. And it's not a good use of resources because us, the people, mm -hmm. have to pay through the government, lawyers, 
and staff to do all this investigation, get evidence, have hearings, take up time. All that can be used to run the the business of the legislature, which is to handle the budgets and the finances. I mean, the Senate can't do that. That's the House's responsibility, and they're not doing it. They always go up to the budget end, and and they go, we're going to shut down the government. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. They need to go do their job. Well, I've made this prediction that Hunter Biden is going to jail. Donald Trump is going to jail. And Joe Biden will be reelected and he will pardon Donald Trump and Hunter Biden. And we said that Hunter and Donald Trump will be cellies or cellmates. And it's just interesting when you think about the way I'm a history buff, as everybody knows. And when you look and see how things have happened in the past and you ask yourself the question, how could that have happened? How could that happen? And I'm watching the last couple of years on how our politics are evolving in these United States of America, by the way, the greatest nation on the face of the earth, not the perfect, but the greatest nation on the face of the earth right now. But Bill, I'm not one who is an alarmist saying that we're destroying our country, but I am one to say we have to be careful because democracy is fragile, very fragile. And what we're doing, we're playing games with something that we can't afford to break because many people, Speaker of the House and others right now, the current Speaker in the House, is playing with something that they don't understand fully. And I think that both sides are playing politics with the America's trust. And we're not trusting in institutions anymore. We're trusting in people. And in a lot of cases, we know that the people are lying. We know that they're distorting the truth on both sides. And it doesn't matter because we say that's our guy. And we say, what about isms? We say, well, what about the Democrats? What about the Republicans? What about the independents? Yeah, they all lie. Yeah, they all do this. Okay. Uh, One of the most crazy things I heard is when the former president got indicted on fraud and stuff. And people said, well, it didn't hurt anyone. It didn't hurt. Yeah, he lied and everything. Yeah, he broke the law. But who got hurt? The bank's happy. Everybody's happy. And it's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. So this is going to be a very interesting indictment on America. The election that's coming up in 2024 is America looking at ourselves in the mirror and deciding what do we want to do? What do we want to be when we grow up? Do we want a democracy? What do we want to do, Bill? This is one of these defining moments, much like people had to deal with after World War I, World War II, civil rights, all those types of things, slavery, all those things that many of us never lived through, but we read about it. Like one day someone will read about COVID and the pandemic and all these things and ask ourselves the question, What do we want our country to be when we finish playing with it like many of us have played with a beach ball during the summers at the beach of our youth? Your thoughts, sir? Well, you know, this country is a great country, and I trust the American people. And uh, our economy is the greatest in the world. And, yeah, we we go through these periods where we get all mucked up in the – politics and rhetoric and draws out some 
bad elements in people. But, you know, you think about what happened during the Civil War. I mean, the country was killing each other. You know, 600,000 people, I think, got killed, which is equivalent to millions of today's population. And, you know, it brought us to our knees, brought half the country to its knees. But we rebelled. And we, now we're suffering still some, some left over from that. You think about World War II. We had to fight two wars, two wars at the same time against tough people. And uh, Americans stepped up. I'm old enough to know when interest rates were 16 to 18% mm -hmm. during inflation. I remember when we had to stand in line to get gasoline. You can only go one day a week. I remember that too. Yeah, oil embargo. Yeah, oil embargo. I remember that. Yep. Mm -hmm. I remember Vietnam War being at the Democratic Convention outside and getting tear gassed and shot at by the Chicago police. I don't remember that when I wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, I was there. I was 18. And uh, so we've been through a lot. Okay. This country has been through that. 9 11 is another one. Okay. And this ain't the last one. This ain't the last one. We'll get through it. The way that we get through it is we don't hide from it. We don't stick it under the table. We bring it out on the table in its ugly form and we debate it. We discuss it. Our democracy was designed to have friction between all three branches. That's what keeps us honest. If you eliminate one of the branches, then you got a problem. And so it's a three-legged stool and you need all three legs to sit on it. And, uh, so as long as we can keep these, you know, I, the Republicans are in charge now. The Democrats were before. You know, we had different people in the White House. We've had some people you agree with, some people you don't agree with, you know. But guess what? We get through it. We get through it. I really believe that. Well, Bill, I want to believe that, and I believe it also. However, it was a time when we competed as political competitors, not political enemies. I grew up playing sports. And one of the things I learned playing sports was this. When the game was over, we had to go and shake the opposing team's hand. We had formed lines and it might have been a sloppy shake, but you just touched everybody's hand. And those who played well, even when they played against you, you said good game. Those are the things that we were built on that we compete as hard as we can. And we want to win. But when it's over, you say good game. Yeah. You didn't go and start a fight because it was something called good sportsmanship. Is there something called good political ship? Is it something called good citizenship that just because I disagree with you, then you don't have to villain. You don't have to demonize me because I disagree with you on an issue. So now all of a sudden you are. I'm the worst thing in the world because I'm a Democrat. All Democrats are going to Hades. Just stuff like that, where it's like we forget that we're all Americans. And our enemies look, it's like, oh, they're fighting amongst themselves. So, yes, I agree with you. We're going to be all right. And I'm sure this argument was something very similar when my ancestors was fighting for their freedom. I'm sure it was something like that, too. Or your ability to vote. Or my ability to vote, because you mentioned earlier <laughs> how many people got killed in the Civil War. And what was that count again, Bill? 600,000. I wonder how many of those were black people who got killed. Yeah, good point. We can Google it. I'm sure we know. Because to, to my point and your point, the 600,000 may have been 
the soldiers on both sides fighting against themselves. But it was 600,000 Americans that died. They were fighting each other. There you go. Yeah. You there know, you, you know, you, you brought up what other option do we have than to believe in the American people? What's the option that we have if we don't believe in American people? I agree with you. But I think some of the characters have put themselves over the American people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that at the school board. The Republican Party put themselves over the kids. It was all about the kids. It was interesting. You know, you talk about reconciliation, finding common ground. I sat at the school board meeting after I resigned and the other fellow went in. And I was sitting down and his wife came and sat next to me. I don't know if she did it on purpose or if she didn't realize I was sitting there. But I think she, whatever way, she didn't get up. So I you know, I said, hey, how you doing? And uh, she said, good. And then she started in on me. And I said, you know, her name's Pam. I said, Pam, be nice. Be nice. He's sitting there in the seat you want to just be nice. And she started in on me and she kept at me for a while. And I just kept saying, be nice. And then I was getting texts from people on the school board saying, are you sitting next to his wife? And I said, yeah. And they go, holy cow. Well, we didn't talk until the end of the meeting was over. Uh-huh. And she said, I want to quit talking about Bill Goble. And I said, I want to quit talking about Bill Goble too. I said, let's talk about something that we both have common interest in that we have fun doing. She goes, what's that? I said, you're cooking. You're a great cook. I said, I love that you cook for the Republican Party biscuits in the morning and you make us cookies and you're just a great cook. And she didn't know what to say. Probably like uh, on Seinfeld, no soup for you. You probably not. No biscuits for you, Goble. No cookies for you. That's for sure. Well, she actually was nice when I did that. And uh, and I didn't do it to make her nice. I did it because I honestly believe that she's a great cook. And that's her gift that she does. And so when you're with someone that you know disagrees with you or may not like you, it doesn't make you have to like them. But it does mean that you got to be civil to each other. That because what example are we setting if our kids are watching? And they're watching. Oh, you know they are they're watching. You know. They're watching. They're watching. They're listening. They're learning. They're observing. They are everywhere we think they are and places they think we're not. And they know how to get the information off the Internet. Yep. In some cases, that research more than we know. Where do you think that 22-year-old that put the swastika on the statue wow. came from? Great point, sir. Yeah. Great point. We're at an end. Good podcast. Yeah, but you know, if someone wants to help you donate to your campaign or learn more about your campaign, would you allow them? Will you allow Democrats to support you? Will you allow Republicans to support you? Will you allow unaffiliated to support you? Will you allow people who doesn't live in the state of North Carolina support you? And if they wanted to, my friend, how would one go about supporting Bill Goble? Just go to my website, www.goblenc.com. You can donate right there or just leave me a message, goblenc.com. And you return every phone call, every message. Yes, I do. And uh, I send thank you notes for checks. Bill, I just want to say thank you for being my friend and thank you for caring about the youth of North Carolina, but also the youth of Guilford County. You're welcome. It's an honor. Love you, man. Take care. Love you too, my friend. Okay.
Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. All rights reserved. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 Chief Financial Officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PNL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events, Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com.